Africa, a continent rich in cultural diversity and abundant natural resources, has faced numerous challenges on its journey towards development. Among these is the burden of debt that has hindered progress in perpetuated economic disparities. Welcome to Insight with Ambundo Kennedy, where we explore critical issues shaping our world today. In this episode, we delve into Africa's journey towards sustainable development, focusing on how African countries can liberate themselves from unnecessary debt traps, foster good leadership, manage resources effectively, and embrace indigenous food crops for enhanced food security. Join me as I uncover the key elements to unlock Africa's true potential. To understand Africa's development challenges, we must first explore the historical context of these challenges. And let's look at the legacy of colonialism that left African nations grappling with exploitation and economic instability. In post-independence, that is after many African nations uh, gained their independence, external borrowing seemed like a solution to fuel development, but it led to unsustainable debt burden and hindered local progress through conditionalities attached to loans and structural adjustment programs. Let's take a look into an, an article written uh, by the Debt Justice. This is a, a UK we, uh, website. Uh, I'll leave the link in the description of this episode and you can check the full article by yourself. So, in the introduction it reads, African governments owe three times more debt to Western banks. First of all, let me get, go back to the title. The title of this article is African governments owe three times more debt to private lenders than China. This is an article published on 11th July of 2022 by the Debt Justice. So, in the introduction it reads African governments owe three times more debt to Western banks, asset managers and oil traders than to China and are charged double the interest according to research released today by debt justice. Also, just 12% of African governments' external debt is owed to Chinese lenders compared to 35% owed to Western private lenders according to the calculations based on World Bank data. And <clears throat> Tim Jones, head of policy at Debt Justice, said, and I quote, Western leaders blame China for debt crisis in Africa, but this is a distraction, but this is a distraction. The truth is their own banks, asset managers, and oil traders are far more responsible, but the G7 are letting them off the hook. China took part in the G20's debt suspension scheme during the pandemic. Private lenders did not. There can 
be no effective debt solution without the involvement of private lenders. The UK and US should, uh, should introduce legislation to compel private lenders to take part in debt relief. And also, Yungong Theo Jong, head of programs at the African Forum in Network on Debt and Development, Afrodad said, a quote, multilateral and private creditors remain the biggest creditors to African governments. Loans from China have increased Africa's indebtedness, but by far less than Western lenders. All lenders must participate in debt relief. Western governments must lead the way by making private lenders cancel debts. End of quote. And finally, the calculations show that the average interest rate on private sector loans is 5% compared to 2.7% on loans from Chinese public and private lenders. 12 of the 22 African countries with the highest debts are paying private lenders over 30% of their total external debt payments. Cape Verde, Chad, Egypt, Gabon, Ghana, Malawi, Morocco, Senegal, South Sudan, Tunisia, and Zambia. In contrast, debt payments to Chinese lenders are over 30% in just 6 of the 22 countries which include Angola, Cameroon, Republic of Congo, Djibouti, Ethiopia, and Zambia. And the IMF Managing Director, Kristalina Georgieva, has called on the UK and US to pass legislation to stop private lenders blocking debt relief agreements. President of the World Bank, David Malpass, has made similar calls. Virtually all international debt contracts are governed by New York or English law, with 90% of bonds of countries eligible for the G20's debt relief scheme are governed by English law. See I've seen in this article by the debt, debt justice, you have seen that uh, African countries face high uh, interest rate from the lender when borrowing uh, the funds from the Western countries. And also there's another article, I'm just going to highlight it, from the foreign policy. And it is titled, what, What's Causing Africa's Debt Crisis? It was published on February 1st, 2023. And I'm just going to pick on one, one particular uh, point, which is uh, low tax collection. And it reads, according to a United Nations Development Program report, 24 of the 54 low-income countries in Africa are at a high risk of debt distress including the biggest economies on the continent, Nigeria and Egypt. Cairo struck a $3 billion bailout package with the IMF last November. That is uh, last year. Yeah. And so you can see that due to the these uh, two, uh, 
two issues uh, majorly african countries are still struggling to repay their debts and this is causing the african continent to lag behind in terms of development and also i have a, a video I'd like to share just as not a video but a voice from this uh, ambassador former ambassador she's called dr arikana chihombori and she was interviewed by african youtuber called odemaya i'm going to leave also the link to the video you can watch it later and just listening to what dr arikana chihombori said about the issue of Africa. Just uh, listen a bit of it. IMF, World Bank, all other institutions, they make African countries jump through hoops. Loans will never be able to pay. The US, when they borrow money, they're getting it in 1.5, 1.9 interest rate. Africans, when they get the same amount of money, they're paying 9, 10%. The people who don't need a break, they get a break. The ones who need a break, they don't get a break. The sheer survival of the World Bank IMF is based on the fact that African countries and, and many other developing countries do not succeed. Their success is based on our failure. And just so you know, this this uh, episode or in this episode, I'm not prom I'm not being paid promoting this uh, uh, channel of Wodemaya. It's just a a show of brotherhood yeah and because he shared something interesting that you can go and watch I decided also to pass this message to you guys so you can check that out I'm going to leave the link to the video and you can watch it and understand why Dr. Rikana Chiyombori is so angry about uh, the treatment of African countries when it comes to uh, seeking debt from those private lenders or the IMF and the World Bank. Yeah, so let's continue with our today's topic and which is unlocking Africa's potential, breaking free from debt and nurturing sustainable development. And so we have looked at how Africa is grappling with the debt crisis. And this dates back in the pre uh, in the colonial era. Yeah, after the the colonizers went, they tried their best to ensure that we continue depending on them on some some other basic things. And so let's go and see how can we tackle these issues and ensure that Africa gets back to its feet. And let's get into it. The first thing I think African countries should do when it comes to uh, relieving themselves from this debt crisis will be when they go in, uh, to seek for the for the loans or for the money for developing their countries, they should check 
the terms and conditions properly and they should also go there with the bargaining power. At least they should go as a block so that they can get the 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 numbers to bargain for that uh, particular loan for their activities back at home. Number two is fostering internal efforts. The key to Africa's progress lies within itself to nurture sustainable development investments in human capital are paramount. Education and healthcare play pivotal roles in empowering the workforce, fostering innovation and boosting productivity. By investing in human capital, African nations can transform their societies and pave the way for economic growth and prosperity. Also stimulating local entrepreneurship and innovation are equally essential for Africa's development. By fostering a supportive environment for small and medium-sized enterprises and providing access to financing, African-led initiative can flourish. So financing, like for example here in Kenya, we have the, some, some banks offering cheap loans or soft loans for, for these uh, startup uh, companies and for small businesses. However, their terms sometimes could be the issue here when it comes to a beginner going to look for the capital from the banks. Moreover, embracing domestic resource mobilization can reduce Africa's reliance on external aid and build self-efficiency. African countries must harness their vast untapped resources responsibly, promoting sustainable practices for a brighter future. Another one, another, another way to, to sustain or to help Africa depend on itself is having a sustainable agriculture for food security. Agriculture has been central to Africa's economy, but the focus on cash groups like tea, flowers, and coffee comes with vulnerabilities. Climate change induced risks and international market fluctuation necessitate a paradigm shift. Africa food security lies in embracing indigenous food groups that are adapted to local climates and resilient to environmental changes. We need to ensure that we, uh, we, we, we bring back our, our traditional practice of growing our food crops like the cassava, the yams, and many other indigenous food crops that uh, our ancestors used to grow instead of uh, growing the, the the tea or the the coffee which only goes to benefit the people in the west however the land that would have been uh, for production of food 
that will ensure that African people uh, <coughs> don't go hungry, gets wasted by these uh, cash crops. When we grow flowers in in about a hundred thousand acres, mm -hmm. yet we grow f uh, food crops in a in less than let's say hundred acres and then the population pressure here in, in our in our continent is great and demands that we increase the production of our food crops so that we we stop being dependent on countries like russia or ukraine or china or the us or the uk for food also sustainable farming practices such as agroecology and agroforestry can protect the environment and improve soil fertility and ensure long-term viability of agriculture and with, with that said i come into the end of today's episode and before I, I let you go there's this proverb that says a single stick may smoke but it will not burn i leave you to to think about that proverb a single stick may smoke but it will not burn thank you for joining me in this enlightening journey through africa's path to sustainable development I hope this episode has shed light on the possibilities and challenges that lie ahead. Join me next time on your favorite show, Insight with Mbunu Kennedy, as we, ex we continue to explore vital topics shaping our world. Bye-bye.